Hello and welcome to another episode of A Grass Half Empty with your host Jasmine Zahil. As always, I've got Edmund King with me for some NFL chat. Eddie, how are we, mate? I'm very good. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me on, as always. Um, uh, yeah, lovely to have you in. My popular demand from our 40 listeners, Fraser Stewart's back. Um, uh, Fraz, I think people just love your stats saying that Josh Allen is as good as Patrick Mahomes. So uh, <laughs> they, they wanted you back in, mate. Um, one, one episode and it's all <laughs> gone. Uh, um, and obviously joining with him, we've got Salim for the first time making his podcast debut. I'm sure this is the highlight of your life so far, Salim. How are you, mate? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely up there. Um, I like my twenty twenty one so far. So yeah, joining it's... us, joining us on the day of his girlfriend's birthday, I have to add. Yeah. So I've got mad dedication, dedication. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the NFL podcast. We're just going to chat in general, boys, about the playoffs because the last time we spoke was before the wild card round. So a lot's happened since. Um, for everyone knows that it's a big Ravens fan. Fraz is. Bills and then Salim supports the Saints. So I think we'll start with the NFC in general. And obviously we've had um, a few teams crashed out. The Seahawks crashed at the Rams. Uh, Saints bottled it as always uh, in a big spot. Lost to the Bucks. So I guess that's the best place to start, Salim. What's your thoughts on the NFC side anyway? But what happened to the Saints for another year? I mean, totally disappointing as always. Um <laughs> Build your hopes up and then they come crashing down in spectacular fashion. Uh, especially worse this year, seeing as we absolutely sweeped the division. It was pretty, I think we went 6 0 um, against all our other teams. Um, but to be honest, against the non visual opponents like the Eagles and the Bears and stuff, we were not convincing at all. Like, we really struggled in those games, uh, especially against the Bears. I think we were lucky to win that one. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. You get used to it as a Saints fan. Uh, at least it wasn't a freak play this year, but the same way had Tom Brady to stuff us. I mean, Ed, Ed you've had a, a lot of lovely things to say about Drew Brees over the past few years. Do you think, in your heart, if that was famous Jameis in the playoffs, they would have got further? Yeah, I mean, it was. it's tough to admit. It really is tough to admit when you've seen <laughs> someone who has just fallen completely off the cliff. Uh, it's, it's never good to watch your heroes die, but that was <laughs> it was really bad this time. Like just the defenses, just we were able to just sit back and play in front of them every time, and we got away with it a lot of times. We got away with it being, able, being able to run the ball, and obviously Sean Payton, a really good play caller, so we can sort of mask the, you know, the inefficiencies of Drew Brees's feeble arm at the moment. Uh, it wasn't great this year and uh, yeah I think it's time that we move on but you know you can't you can't tell a Hall of Fame quarterback to to hang (laughs) up you just can't yeah you have to wait for him to call it a day but as I said do you think Ed do you think Jameis would have done a better job do you think they would have got further or is that basically where they would have been because Jameis he can throw a deep ball but he can throw to their team a lot as well so yeah, so can Drew Brees as well (laughs) that's exactly what he did I think of course he would have been better I mean, I won't. Uh, I'm not a Drew Brees man. Never have been. He's great. He's been great, but it's been painful to watch over the last few years. Uh, I, I just I could do without him in my life anymore. I've kind of had enough of uh, of Drew Brees in the whole in the whole show, and I, I feel bad for the team because I think they they had the pieces there, and they've kind of gone all in, and then you just kind of yeah, a bit of loyalty to the quarterback which you don't normally see. 
but uh, he, he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been playing. I mean, he, he was poor before he got injured, but I mean, fair play to him. He comes back from an injury, um, a pretty serious one, and, and it was it was embarrassing to watch at the end. Painful. It must have been painful for a fan. It was painful for me to watch. I, I don't particularly like the Saints, so it must have been <laughs> even worse to to have uh, to have some think- on it. Do you think he's uh, right now? Would you rather have Joy Cool or would you have Drew Brees? Well, <laughs> I mean, I think everybody else has uh, Drew Brees, but I'd rather have Joe Flacco just for the novelty. <laughs> but he's probably there's probably not much difference. They're both like carting out a couple of antiques at that point. Both of them should be done. Um, well, going forward, I, I'll get your take on it in a second, Fraz. But going forward, Salim, what next year wise? Do you think it's going to be a bit of Jameis? It's going to be a bit of Taysom Hill experience? Or do you think Saints are going to do something in this offseason? Well, I'm actually a Jameis Winston truther, so I actually think that it would be good to give him a shot. Um, if, if we can get him on a good deal, I feel like we've got enough weapons to sort of mask his inabilities. Um, at least we have more of a deep threat with his arm. Uh, defences aren't going to play you know, so deep up the field. Uh, I don't see really what's wrong with going with Jameis um, at least for a year I mean if it doesn't work out then we're going to have to rebuild pretty soon anyway we're in pretty deep in the salary cap so it's it's not great in that front so we don't have many chances and I don't know if we can afford any other options that are out there I mean Fraz I'll, I'll come to you now Fraz do you think as a neutral would you rather would you have more faith in Jameis Winston leading out the Saints or We've seen a bit of the Taysom Hill experience. Do you think he could be a sort of a Cam Newton, a budget Cam Newton kind of? Because in the red zone, the Saints have been pretty good when he's been under centre. I think there was some weird stat where with Drew Brees, they were nowhere near as efficient in the red zone, but Taysom Hill just gives them that extra bit of running ability as well as being able to throw it. Would you would you like to see him in a full 16 games, 17 games? Or would you think it's Jameis is a much better option? I mean, I think Ed's maybe a wee bit harsh on Breeze. <laughs> I understand, like, it's a bit of a legacy thing with Breeze over the last year. Like, you had to play him when he, even if he was 50% fit or how many ribs he didn't have broken, like, whatever, like, you had to play him anyway. You've got, so, that's carrying on. You're kind of hope. are you hoping he retires at the end of this year? Like, it's, it's essentially up there. Um, the thing with Taysom Hill, like... You know what you're, as a defence, you kind of know what you're going to be facing. If you could have some sort of one-two punch, almost like you had with Breeze and Hill, and you just plug Winston in for the year, um, like both, like everyone's touched on here, the Saints are an absolute cap hell. I, I don't know how they're actually legally going to get around it, <laughs> but somehow it will work. Um, so yeah, they really can't make any moves. They kind of... <sighs> They, they nailed their trust down in Hill by obviously tagging him last year. Now, uh, I don't know how that looks going forward uh, in terms of um, the salary um, cap hit on him. Are they kind of stuck with him? As a neutral, it's a weird one because they've got everything there. They've got all the pieces. They've got um, <laughs> the, the the slot wide receiver king and Michael Thomas. Um, they've got everything going for them. It's just it's right on the edge, I feel, of a total rip-up, rebuild job. But as like 
the the success or relative success over the last four or five years, or over the last decade really with Breeze, it's it's tough to 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 nail that down, but it's it's, it's right on the edge. I feel. I think they've kind of screwed it in the set at New Orleans. Though. You know, I think they've Drew Brees was phenomenal from 2010 to about 2014, and they didn't give him a roster. And then as soon as his arms started falling off, they gave him probably the best roster in the NFL. And then he's ended up kind of holding them back. Obviously, there's been some ridiculously freaky plays. And I mean, I would have retired if I was him after losing Dirty Kirk in prime time. Like if that happens, you just don't that. And just hang up the hang up the cleats there, mate. It's over. Well, I mean, for example, casually, Salim asked me uh, who the number 14 was for the Bills today. And uh, <laughs> I was going through my gifts on my phone. And uh, obviously it's digs, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, just casually, my thumb accidentally slipped on the Minnesota Miracle, that, <laughs> you know, and he threatened not to turn up tonight. So <laughs> there's three words I never want to hear in my life, and it's digs, t- uh, end zone touchdown. I don't want to hear. I think, that, I think it was actually digs sideline touchdown. Well, <laughs> I'm so mentally scarred from that moment that I can't actually remember. Um, <laughs> That just sums up the Saints, though, doesn't it? In the past three, four years, they could have honestly, in a different like, if a few balls of uh, bounces went the other way, Breeze could have about four rings <laughs> retiring. <laughs> They've had in incredible all, teams. In all honesty, this season, I think we we lost in week three once we lost to Green Bay. Um, once they had the head-to-head over us, that there's just no way that Drew Brees outdoors is going to take us all the way yeah. to the, the Super Bowl. It's just it's tricky once it gets to that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's move on. Let's move on from the NFC because it was kind of what we. I mean, I don't think I, I don't know if you guys expected the Bucks to get there. I kind of, I kind of had a feeling that it'd be Bucks Packers, but I just assumed the Packers would be too strong for them. And as as much as Tom Brady tried his best to make sure the Packers got to the Super Bowl, um, you still uh, Bucks managed to get through. Was that was that a shock for you yet, or did you, did you kind of see Tommy Tommy Brady coming in clutch? I wouldn't say I was shocked. I probably, if I was pushed into one, I would have said the Packers. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not shocked to see Brady. I mean, you'd be pretty stupid to be shocked to see Brady back in a Super Bowl, considering this is tenth. So you know, it's always on the cards. I'm not shocked. They've got a great defense, and the offense is, yeah, maybe slightly limited by Brady in some of his some of his play, but. Um, in general, they've always got a shot. I mean, it's Brady. Yeah. Exactly, he can't really go. His history uh, goes past, and we'll go to the Super Bowl in a second, but on the AFC side, so we'll, this is where it's fun, because we'll start with the big fixture between Fraz's boys and Eddie's boys, <laughs> Ravens, Bills, and, I mean, if, we'll, we'll go to you, Fraz. Obviously, the Bills kind of... I'd say squeaked past the Ravens. I wouldn't say it was a comfortable win. It was a, it was tight. And if Lamar throws that to his team rather than your team, that's probably a game that the Ravens could end up winning. To be honest, they were looking very good up until that point, and obviously Lamar ended up getting injured, and it's just easy from there on. What did you kind of make of that game? And then on the Bills, obviously the championship game was the Chiefs, which I mean, they're probably going to win it again. So it's not really something to be ashamed of. Height. Uh, in terms of the Ravens Bills game. Um, it was yeah, it was totally 50-50 until Lamar's injury. Even after that point, um, it, I never felt <laughs> like it was done. Um, it was weird. Um, obviously, the the pick six was as um, the game changer, and that that totally flipped the game. Um, 
the biggest issue for the Bills this year has been um, teams being able to run over the top of them. So I think in the first drive, that's all the Ravens did. And I could just, I could see them like setting the playoff rushing record. Um, but I remember actually looking back at the time and it was set like 60 years ago and it was totally unrealistic that it would ever happen again. <laughs> uh, but I just knew it would happen that night. Um, and then for some reason, it just felt as if the Ravens decided, no, we're going to pass it again. Um, and yeah, obviously, until they picked six, and like I say, after that, even even then, I wasn't totally convinced until um, the final whistle went, or when it went double zeros. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's maybe just being a Bills fan. Um, the week after, with the Chiefs game, uh, I know I'm going to sound like a really salty Bills fan, <laughs> but I felt really uncomfortable that Mahomes was actually playing. And I don't even mean that in terms of, like, obviously in terms of ability. Um He's all over it, but how many times do you see a player like it doesn't even get knocked? It just takes a dodgy hit, and he's out for two weeks on concussion protocol, like in the middle of the season. And I mean, you saw Mahomes against the Browns; like he was out, he couldn't yeah. even stand up by himself. And I just thought, of course, he was going to play. He's the face of the NFL. Um, they would have delayed the game by two days, probably, if it meant he could get through the protocol. But I just. I, I know it's just going to sound like sour grapes here, but I did actually feel uncomfortable. And any time, I don't actually think we sacked them. We may have sacked them once or twice, but maybe that was a good thing for them. Um, but yeah, I just thought I, I wasn't totally comfortable with that. But other than that, the, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Like, they just, there's no, <laughs> when they're on their game, you, you can't stop them. Um, I think they had, they had, I think they scored and if they drive up until, the fourth quarter, where they just kind of they didn't need to, um, and they kind of let the bills back in, and it made it a bit more respectable in terms of the score. I, I was waiting for them to pull the starters just to rest them for the, for the Super Bowl. <laughs> the big total. Just to, <laughs> yeah, just fourth quarters to this Henny. Henny just comes out. It's like, ah, Two weeks rest. rest <laughs> the Super Bowl. Um, one thing I would tell you first, like obviously uh, we had this whole Josh Allen thing before, and the the Bills' offense was so hot at the end of the season. Is it any sort of concern for you? Not not concern, but like in the playoffs, the offense really wasn't what it was to, towards the end of the season. Like you, like the Bills are putting up silly numbers, and then as you said, the Ravens game just kind of squeaked past. The week before against the Colts, you just got past them, and then the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs defense is okay; it's nothing special. No. Um, they've got about three good players in the defense. The rest are pretty bang average. Um. And you just couldn't do anything. Like it was like the old, the old year two. Josh Allen came out for a few throws as well, which I enjoyed. The best one was that cover two where he just threw it straight at the guy in the flat, and <laughs> the guy dropped it. Like that was incredible. <laughs> like is that is that a bit of a concern? Or do you think it's just kind of playoff nerves? Like obviously the defense came up big in the first two games, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, obviously the last time I was on, uh, I'd said the Colts was the sticky one just because it was the first game out of the blocks mm-hmm. and. Similar to what Ed was saying, just in terms of like Lamar just getting that first game, that first win off his back. Um, that was obviously a relief to get through that game. Um, I don't know how much of it was just... Well, I think I'd said to you at the time as well, uh, sorry, just after the Chiefs game, um, the run, the rush offence was zero, essentially, from the Bills. We had Josh Allen, with he was the leading rusher against the Chiefs, and the majority of those yards were again, running for his life. They weren't designed plays or anything like that. Um, Zach Moss getting injured uh, was a big hit. 
I would have hoped Singletary would have had a, a bigger impact, but to me that was the the kind of biggest deal breaker in terms of they they knew that we had to pass it around. They knew that if we were running, it had to be Josh Allen. There was no one else that could do that job. Um, so in terms of going forward, I'm not too worried. Anything was a bonus this year. I just as long as we beat the Colts, I felt it was a successful season. And I know again that's quite a pessimistic view, but I just didn't want them. Didn't want Josh Allen to have that. Um, monkey on his back that he can't win a playoff game so after that anything anything was a bonus for me <laughs> um yeah so eddie let's go to the raven side then mate obviously squeak past the squeak past the titans beat the titans um and then lamar throws a rancid pick an absolute horror show pick uh what did you make of it all obviously we'll talk about lamar a bit more later on in the debate section um so don't focus too much on him, but more on the Ravens as a whole. Uh, do you think it was, as Fraser says, the play calling where you guys kind of just, I don't know why, just stopped running. You've done it before one game as well, I'm sure. You guys were running all over a team and just decided to stop running. And yeah. if you pick three and outs. Yeah, it's a difficult, like, it's actually kind of a similar season to the Bills, just what you were saying there. It's almost, does it's disappointing the way it ended, but I'd say in general it's been a successful season. I mean, you know, they get the win. Lamar gets his win. They play well against the Titans, which have been a pain in the arse to play. And the Bills game could have gone either way. I don't think either teams played particularly well. Um, and like you say, the, the game, the game, the game swung on that on that pick six. But you know, I feel sorry for Lamar because the, the play directly before it, he gets like the sixth horrendous snap in a row like low it's either high low over his head round the corner and the snap's low and he's got Hollywood Brown wide open for a touchdown and because he's got to bend down and pick it up he's he, you know he's got too much pressure he can't get it off and then the next play is a pick six and you know it's it, one one play like that you can't really define your season but unfortunately it did define the game and then the injury on top of that um just kind of yeah that was the end of it and I don't think they could be too, too disappointed. The play calling has been a big thing, you know, after the game, a lot of Ravens fans kind of pointing at that and saying, um, you know, there needs to be changes there. They, they, you know, yeah, they did move away from the run game a little bit in the game, but they weren't getting, this, other than the first drive, they weren't getting the success that looked like they were. I thought they were going to just, you know, first drive, I was thinking, this is over, nice one. Uh, I, can, I can go to bed, this is uh, <laughs> sorted, but... Um, yeah, just kind of ground to a halt, really. And fair play to the the Bills D; they managed to adjust, just like the the Ravens did as well, um, and and contain that. And 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 that's where the, the major concern is when you have to try and adjust the passing the passing game. It just didn't it just didn't work at all. And we've seen it time and time again. If if it, you know a defense is able to counter the run, um, you need to have a, a, a plan B. You need to be able to move the ball through the air. And they just haven't been able to do that. And, you know, it's a difficult game to throw as well. Cold weather and, and Alan really struggled as well, hitting deeper passes, anything to the sideline with wind um, wind and, and cold weather. So I don't think a, your immediate knee-jerk reactions are a disaster, but in, a, in actual reality, I don't, think it's, um, I don't think it's the end of the world. I'm pleased that they managed to turn around the season when 
there at six and five and they get to the playoffs, they win a game and, you know, could have gone either way against the Bills, but I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm almost kind of glad we didn't play the Chiefs because I think we would have done an even worse job. <laughs> um, the thing I was going to say is you kind of, you kind of leaded it there with the run pass thing. And I can kind of be the same with you for sort of the Bills in the sense that it's kind of the opposite, right? You guys just don't ball. Um, but is that more, I know you say loss and stuff, is that more play calling as well? Because what was that game where you, one of the playoff games, you literally didn't run a single, you didn't run the, you didn't try to run the ball in like the first half or something or the first two or three drives. Is that like a play calling thing where they've gone, ah, we're just going to try it with Allen and see what happens? Or that kind of just shows that the play calling is a bit off, right? If you're not even attempting to run the ball. Like fair enough, you run it a few times and it just gets stuffed, right? You're right, we're not running today. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's more of a, a personnel issue. Um, just with the injuries we had, or <sighs> yeah, just putting too much on Allen's back, really. Um, maybe they'll try to push him into that <laughs> MVP race. Um, <laughs> um, I'm always, I'm always worried with the Bills anytime it's on on prime time or anytime there's a national audience, and they just seem to to almost try too hard. They're, they're better when they're just. Um, flying six, under the radar, yeah. Six PM um, kickoff yeah, for them. Exactly. <laughs> when I'm the only person watching it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we'll move on and look more at the Super Bowl uh, just quickly. Uh, so, Bucks Chiefs. Is it a case of a bit? Well, the first question is: Can anyone stop the Chiefs' offense? In your, like, do you think? Do you think the Bucks have? They have a really good defense. But they play a really aggressive style of defense. I think the Bills as well. They play a lot of press man, a lot of um, trying to get after the quarterback. But if you press Hill, you press Travis Kelsey, and you, all these guys, Mahomes is going to find them, surely. Yeah, I think I, th- I really think the Chiefs just have too much for the Bucks this year. Um, it's just so much speed. I really think that just over the top, we've got Hill and underneath we've got Kelsey. It's just, it's going to be really difficult to see an outcome that isn't the Chiefs winning, I think. But then at the end of the day, they've got Tom Brady. And if there's one man who knows how to win the Super Bowl, it's Tom Brady. So, mm, that's, yeah, I mean, Ed, do you think there's there's any way that um, the Bucks can get after Mahomes? I know the, the Chiefs offensive line is incredible. The Bucks yeah, D-line but- has been phenomenal. But um, uh, the left tackle went down late in the game. Is it Fisher who went down? So there's a possibility that that could be a little bit more poor. They might be able to get a bit more pressure. I think I agree personally. I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I think there's a, a possibility that the the, the Bucks D line maybe turns up. Gets a, if you can get a little bit of pressure, you know, he suddenly becomes a bit more human. If you let him stand there and, and beat you over the top, beat you underneath, beat you left, right, and centre, you're going to lose the game. So. If they can get some pressure, maybe. Uh, maybe. Actually, here's the question for all three of you. Um, what receiving core would you have? What Which one do you prefer? Would you rather have Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin? Obviously, my boy Scotty Miller as well. What like, legend he is. Or would you have Hill, Kelsey, Michael Hardman, Sammy Watkins, if he's... I don't even know if he's playing or not, but uh, is he dead? Is he out? Um, Robinson. So that's the two options. We'll go. We'll go. Salim Fraser than Ed. What what one would you want? Really, it's a tough one, actually. Um, I I feel like obviously the Chiefs are built in a very specific way. They're built to to beat you with speed, 
I feel the Bucks but definitely have probably a bit more balance. Um, I'm going to have to go Chiefs purely because of Kelsey. I think Kelsey is a difference maker between the three, the, the two different. Uh, We're not fancying uh, aging Gronkowski with like one leg and one arm. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, he's he's sort of superseded my expectations for this season. Hmm. I think it was going to be, it was tough. I think OJ uh, Howard going out early sort of made him step up because uh, OJ Howard's obviously very talented. Um, doesn't really get as much credit as I think he deserves. But, yeah, I, I think Gronk's done well this year. Given he had a year out, he obviously slimmed down and he came back purely to play with his buddy. Uh, that's the only reason, let's be honest. Yeah. Franz, what do you think? Which one do you want? Um, I'm going to go with Variety and say the Bucks. I, I, I know what Slim's saying, that the Chiefs are very clearly built for speed and then if they can't beat with speed then Kelsey's just sitting there five yards away um, for Mahomes to dump it off um, I, I, I'm not saying it's easy <laughs> it's really easy to game plan a defence for them, it's obviously harder to match up with them in terms of speed but I'd maybe say it's harder um, to plan against the Bucks just because they've kind of got more options in terms of what they can do um, and yeah Gronk's done pretty well for a blocking tight end this year so <laughs> I go, I go, Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd agree with that. If you put Buck, the Bucks receivers with Mahomes, I think that would be probably even more efficient than uh, than what the the Chiefs are able to do. So uh, I think yeah, for for a more of a balanced attack, and, and yeah, I mean if you put if you put Sam, I guess it's a different question. If you got Sam Darnold throwing to them, for example, <laughs> then you just need different options. Uh, or you might as well just give up. You might as well just pack it in. But I think I'd go Bucks. Yeah. Um, for for your point of view, then Fraser, do you think uh, if the Bucks are to win this, do you think they're going to have to kind of go the method of slow the game down, take a lot of time off the clock, or do you think? You're gonna try. I mean, it's Bruce Arians, right? He doesn't do that. It's gonna be. Is he gonna try and go, like, we're gonna go for a shootout and try and win this thing, 55-54. I mean, I don't know if that'd be the smart thing to do, but <laughs> I think for any team to have a shot, no matter how you're gonna plan the game, I think the Chiefs just can't be a hundred percent. They just have to. I'm not saying they have to have a total off day, but if the Chiefs can, are. are are totally up and running, and they're doing what they want. I don't think it, I don't think anyone can uh, kind of go in saying yeah we're going to win this game. Um, it's weird for the first time I think I'm actually wanting Brady to win a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's the Patriots factor, um, yeah. but I, I actually kind of enjoy Brady doing well now, and I want to kind of see him rack up the numbers so that we then can at the end of his career we can go well clearly this is the goat and yeah maybe it was a different story when he was in the same division as, as jazz but um, yeah, just, just now that he's away from us he can he can do what he wants now that he can beat up the saints how would you felt if you finally got to the playoff like the super bowl as a bills fan and see tom brady coming pumpy again oh, last, <laughs> last week i was i was kind of wanting that storyline like you know <laughs> super bowls always have a story and obviously this super bowl is young versus old and you've seen all the memes like of the the, the old goat and the young kid and all that stuff, Mahomes and Brady, but I would have loved it if it was Bills, Bucks and 
uh, and then the Bucks to beat the Bills, and it's just Brady always on top of the Bills <laughs> instead, basically. But yeah, alas, it's not there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, and it could be a big game for your boy, Fraz, Lenny Fournette, coming in huge. <laughs> what fantasy wise? <laughs> yeah, I've never met someone that Leonard Fournette is just is uh, just a bad average for, like one back at the end of the day. Fraser loves him, like absolutely loves him. I wouldn't like, say a lot. I just, I just end up having him on my team every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually both your boys, actually Ronald Jones as well, Salim. I just wanted to say that. I mean, <laughs> I remember being absolutely slated for my love of Rojo. I believe his first year he had under like 50 yards or something and <laughs> yeah he he almost had a thousand yards this year I think he missed two games so he would have made he would have had a thousand yard season he was pretty good to be honest and yeah okay he kept Fournette on the bench I think now that Fournette's fresh in the playoffs it's made it's made a real difference to the box like Fournette has found something and Ronald Jones I think is coming back from he's had a few niggles but like, Fournette's been good the last couple of weeks. Rojo was good the whole season. I don't yeah. think you can argue with that for it's once. It is quite funny watching, uh, I think it's Fournette and Rojo dropped a pass, like, uh, consecutive plays from Brady. And, like, Brady's face was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, boys. Can you just, <laughs> just catch the ball in the flat? That's all I've done my whole career. Help me out here. Um, no, uh, last question on this, and it's it's one for all of you. Um if you're four points down with a minute left in the Super Bowl, would you want Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes at the helm? Mahomes. Really? Mahomes. Nice. Well, right now. Right now, I mean, in the Super yeah. Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Yeah, you want Mahomes. What's What's Mahomes. the squad? What's the... Is it with, with, with the Chiefs with, in the with, box? Yeah, with, with their current teams, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd think I'd have to do Mahomes and the Chiefs then. Just because it's explosive, you could yeah. say say you had they were at the thirty yard, they own thirty yard, like you still couldn't uh, call it off. They could easily score in two or three plays. Just remember though that Scotty Miller thinks he's just as fast as Tyreek Hill, so <laughs> don't, don't, get, don't get ahead of yourself. Maybe, maybe they should one. stick him at cornerback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to say though, like that that Packers cornerback, how did he come out for the second half? Like he should honestly been cut uh, there and then. Was it King, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. How did you let a five foot four white guy run past you that easily with like three seconds <laughs> left and a half? It's, it's disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful. Um, that's a good chat. Um, we'll, we'll just quickly go for score today. Um, to the Sean Watson stuff. So Ed, what would you what do you think? Bucks, Chiefs, Super Bowl. Do you think it'll be a classic? Because we've had some absolute rancid Super Bowls of late. I want to say yes. I want to say yes, and I'm go- I'm going to say yes. I think I'm going to I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to back him. I think it's going to be quite close, and I'd love to see Brady win it. I'd love to see him, but it's uh, uh, yeah for me. I think the Chiefs probably go something like 31, 28, something like that within three. I'd say within a field goal. Go on then, Salim, what have you got? What's the prediction? I was, I was actually going to go 37-34. I think it's kind of slightly underrated that obviously this is the first Super Bowl where the home one of the teams is playing at home. So I'm not sure, especially with coronavirus, how that will play into their sort of their preparation for the Super Bowl as well. Um, they're not really having to, you know, 
travel and obviously they're not doing the whole media stuff that's all virtual this year but I think that you know could be favorable to the to the box slightly I mean you've got old man Brady who doesn't have to be away from home for too long so yeah I'm gonna go 37-34 I think in favor of the Chiefs I think it's gonna be a good field goal game there Fraz what have you got um, I mean, I kind of follow on with Slim there in terms of obviously it's the first home Super Bowl for a team. Um, yeah, the impact isn't going to be as much. Obviously, there's going to be a crowd, but not as much as there could have been. The biggest thing I think will be the, the travel. I think I'd seen the Chiefs are, are only allowed to be there like a day before. Um, whereas obviously the Bucks, they, there's no travel for them and they can settle. So. I don't know how much of an impact that will be, but that is, it seems to be the only impact in terms of a home, uh, a Super Bowl at home ground. Um, I'm just looking at the what the bookies are saying. They're saying over under 56 and a half. That seems a bit low, considered just in terms yeah. of, there doesn't seem to be any defence involved here. I know um, the box they've had, I think, uh, was, it, um, was it Murphy? Is it Murphy Bunting or Bunting Murphy? Yeah, I can't remember yeah, which way that is, but he's had a pick of uh, the last few games. But I don't know, I just can't see any stopping. Well, I can't see any stopping Mahomes. Um, Brady, he just seems to do what he always does. Um, so I, I hope, like Ed and, and Salim as well, high-scoring game. We deserve it after the last few years. <laughs> uh, the Patriots-Ram game obviously sticks in my head. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <sighs> Let's say, I mean, it's the first Super Bowl I want Brady to win, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. So I'm gonna say, Bucks by, by oh, uh, I will say by a few goals. Well, it's gonna be close. Nice, nice. Um, I mean, that's quite good. We'll obviously see how it plays out. Let's move on. Uh, we've talked about that quite a lot about the situation, QB situations going out. So there's um, Deshaun Watson wants a trade. He wants out of Texans. Uh, I don't blame him to be honest. And, um. What do you guys think with regards to obviously rumored teams that could get him, or the Jets, which I absolutely love, uh, the Dolphins, and they're the two big ones because they have all the ammo, right? They've got the picks and stuff, and they could go out and get him. And we've had like one of our friends who's a Bears fan, so the Bears might be in for him as well. I don't know what they could offer, but they might be in for him. Um, where do you guys kind of see Deshaun going to start with, and what kind of price do you think it would take to get him so uh we'll start we'll start with ed go on ed what do you think i don't i don't think he'll go anywhere i don't think i think they said they came out today and said they got no interest in trading him so i don't uh, i think it's just a bit of a game he'll end up with a bit more guaranteed money and maybe he'll have a bit more say in a few things here and there and uh, in the end uh, this has never happened for like a top five qb has never been never been available never been available for trade so i kind of think if history is only to go by, it won't. It won't happen. If it did, which is always fun to to talk about and think, and if it did, yeah, the Jets seem in pretty good good position. Um, maybe the Dolphins, um, and then past that, I just don't think like for 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 Houston to even bother. I mean, they would have to be looking at two, three, maybe even four firsts for you know may, maybe the second best QB in the NFL right now, uh, I would say you'd be looking at least at least three firsts, you know, and, and the Jets are in a relatively good position with a, with a second overall pick. It means you can ship him out, you can get in your new young QB at two and have some 
some stock to rebuild your roster. But I just, yeah, like I say, I can't, I can't see it happening. I mean, it'd, it'd be a king's ransom and more for a guy like Deshaun. And and uh, the Texans don't really stand to gain very much, you know. Late round draft picks in the first, just you know, the, the amount of busts you get from that, and you, you're passing up a, sh- a, sh- a relatively sh- sure thing with Deshaun from what you've seen from him, and his contract's not eye-watering either, like 150, 150, 154 million dollars over four years, and you know, it's, I just think it would be crazy not to be able, surely you can work something out, surely, I mean yeah. I mean, Franz, Franz if, if you're, I, I don't think if it's, if it's ever, ever happened before where a QB's fallen out with the, the, like the front office to this extent where he wants out, when he's in his prime he's like 24, 25 uh, probably one of the best QBs in the league. Um, obviously, as a front office, you want to keep him. But say if you're the GM of the Texans, you've got this guy who's clearly unhappy. There's going to be some like locker room stuff going on. And you get a phone call from the Jets or Dolphins saying, right, here's three first-round picks. Our number two overall this year, or the number three, depending if it's us or the Dolphins. Another first this and, and then next year. And if you want, here's Sam Donald or Tua as well. Here's, there'll be a little sweetener as well. That, that, would reduce, that would reduce the trade value, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's just extra salary you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, would would that would that turn your head? Like, if that makes sense? Like, would you? I know they've come out today and said that he's not going anywhere. But if you get that phone call, yeah, would would you not go? Yes, maybe. I mean, like Ed says, like how I don't know, I don't I know I'm Mr. Stats here but I don't have the stat available I'm really sorry <laughs> I, uh, I don't know it must be a very high percentage of first round picks they aren't busts but they just oh don't. I have the stat for you I looked up it's 53% are busts uh, well, who, who, defi- who's busts. Defined yeah, who's well, defined that who's defined that who's defined a bust what's yeah. my source sorry I don't know <laughs> my source is uh, trust me bro right <laughs> but, but, <laughs> It would be interesting to see what they've said <laughs> as uh, defined as a bust. But yeah, with Deshaun, you've got a definable value there. I don't think, considering some of the most recent trades, like you think like Jalen Ramsey, what was he, like, two first round picks? Oh, first, yeah. Um, yeah. Jamal Adams, was he two first round picks? Yeah, that was robbery though. That was daylight robbery. <laughs> <laughs> but like, would you um, say there was a team that had both Jamal Adams and Jalen Ramsey? If you were to offer that trade up for Deshaun, like you would say no. So does that suggest that he's not worth four first round picks? Because someone's yep. okay. Well, Franz, if you want to look at that way, then you could say uh, DeAndre Hopkins was second round pick. So <laughs> would you, if I offered you three DeAndre Hopkins for Deshaun Watson, you take it? Oh, you need someone to pass to him. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, the thing, uh, I think I'm agreeing with Ed. I don't think he'll go anywhere. If the the dream would be him to go to the 49ers. If you yeah. went to the 49ers, they oh. immediately become the Super Bowl um, favourites. The only thing is, I know they had a press conference today with the new GM and the new coach, and it wasn't even just as such as saying, oh, we want them here. I think the GM came out and says, the only reason I am here is because I know Deshaun will be a Houston Texan. Like, what a thing to say. Like, is that the sword you're going to die on in three months' time when you trade? <laughs> <laughs> it goes in the, in the like, trade package but, as well. <laughs> but you're to come out and say that. Like, you must be like absolutely sure that he's going nowhere. Now, it, right now, it seems a bit impossible. You just look at him and go, he has to go. I mean, 
I, I don't see Deshaun as a sort of type of, uh, the type of guy that's going to hold out. Is he going to not turn up? I, I, maybe I'm I think, looking oh, the glasses. I'll take to leave spot in this negative because, like, obviously he's looking at the rosters now and it's pretty crap, right? The, the Texans, they're a bit of a mess right now. They've not got many picks. So he can see this going, am I wasting my prime of my career at a franchise that's really not going anywhere in the next few years? Not saying the Jets are going anywhere because they've been an absolute shit house for the past 10 years. But is do you think that's kind of his thinking or is it... Is he is truly he can't be that upset about the fact not being in the GM uh, selection process? It's a hundred percent that, and I think it's it. Yeah, I, I didn't think I thought Sean Morrison, I'm, I'm quite surprised the way this has worked out. I didn't think this was his type of character, but it's a, it's a bit of a charade to say that you should be involved in hiring your boss's boss and being you know having say in that. Yes, it's nice to to be able to see what his plans are, but you you. You know, you don't know anything about financial control. It's not just about building a team. So, you know, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm sitting there thinking I'm I'm going to waste the next four years of my career. Cause it, they're going to be at least two, probably three years before they can even put anything around him to compete. So, you know, fair play to him. That's how he's playing it. But he, sure, he, I mean, you've got to be realistic. You've got to be realistic and thinking you, you should have the, you know, uh, a defining say in who should be hired as a, as a GM is is pretty is pretty extreme. Yeah, Salim, uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's really really unlikely, I think, for him to find a uh, suitable trade partners. Like you say, it's really only Miami or the Jets. Uh, I can't see the Bears coming after him after they picked Mitchell Trubisky over him in the draft. Uh, that for me, that for, <laughs> I me alone, about that. that for me alone would be enough to as Deshaun Watson to not want to go to a Bears organization that values Mitchell Trubisky over you um, especially with his college career I mean his college career was pretty special the, the game yeah. against with Clemson in the national championship final like Trubisky was only a one-year starter at North Carolina and it's like I don't know how you could go from the Texans mismanaging to the Bears who are equally just as bad uh, so, I mean, really, I can only see him at the Dolphins or the Jets. And I guess the Dolphins, you've got two firsts this year because you're, you know, um, you've got the Steelers first round pick, I think, as well, which is pretty late now. But, you've, you know, you've got two firsts. Um, and obviously you've got in Miami, you don't have to pay uh, tax as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, it, it makes up. I know these people are pretty rich already, but it does make up another... 15-20% of their their wages which is something that you can take into consideration and you can, I suppose as well with Miami, you can probably throw in Tua I wasn't too hot on Tua coming into the draft last year and I didn't see a lot this year, I mean, barely keeping old man Ryan Fitzpatrick on the, the sidelines who actually I think moved the ball better than Tua to be honest I know Tua's a rookie, Tua's obviously got some I think some. I think it's fair to say some anxiety around his leg. Um, he's it's a different level. He's used to playing with talent the whole time, his whole way through Alabama. Four star, five star receivers, first round picks. Um, he's going to have another two first round picks from this in this draft with Smith and Waddle. Um, so a bit of a learning curve, kind of. You know, I don't want to say he's a bust, but I think if you're if you're Miami, you've got a chance to to move him to another organization for them to deal with 
for them to mismanage. And you can have Watson, who is, I think, definitely if you get two first and two are, you trade them as well, then you've got the cap to pay them. You've got the cap to, there's a great free agency market with wide receivers this year. You've got Alan Robinson's a free agent, like instantly attracted to Miami, especially with Deshaun Watson to play with and not having to pay income tax. Like he's got great young players as well. You've got Parker as well. Like you can see them pushing in the AFC because it's just really the bills at the moment. Yeah. Let's face it. Um, well, that, that thing is, uh, and let's look at it from the other point of view. So if you're, how, how, how heavy do you think a team like the Jets, like obviously, because obviously I support them, like thinking from their point of view, but it'd be the exact same as the Dolphins. The Jets have a lot of holes to fill, right? And you've got four first-round picks for this draft and the next draft, or a bunch of other picks, lots of cap space. Um, how, my point is, at what point does it become too expensive to go get Deshaun? Um, like, if, if you can get him for three first, is that a good deal for the Jets, from a Jets point of view? Yeah, yeah, of course, because you get a known you get a known commodity. You know, if you've got you got four firsts and you've got seven holes to fill, you know, and you're going off your fifty percent a bust, yeah. you know, you're you're filling two holes, or you can fill one hole straight away with a sure thing who happens to be one of the best quarterbacks in the game, and you know you can fill later on. It's not like you're giving up everything you've got. You can still fill certain positions in the free agency market and with other draft picks. You know, it's not a sure thing. Like a late on first is, it's it's hard. It's hard, but to, of course, it's worth it. I would say four firsts to short um, Sam Darnold and maybe even a second or two, and you're still you're still getting a known commodity. You 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 know if you uh, if you've got the late, next two drafts and every single one of those players were bust, but you've got a player like Deshaun Watson, it would still be a success. So you know if you. You're about to use a second overall pick on a quarterback who's likely, knowing the Jets, going to be a bust anyway. So you've <laughs> yeah. lost that one. And then you squander the late one on a on a cornerback who turns out to blow out his ankle. And then you know, you've know you lost most of your, your stock where you could have had Deshaun Watson. I don't think it's going to be a question of what won't you know what are the Jets willing to give up because if if the, if the Texans are serious about a trade and they come you know they, they'll they'll say four first because you've got them. And I don't think the Jets really would have too much concern about giving that up. Particularly when you got two of them for free by giving up a, a half decent blitzing linebacker. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we need we need to move on because uh, we have been chatting for a while now, and we still got two debate sections to go. Um, so uh, again, for new listeners, debate section is obviously we have we have a topic, we have a little discussion about it. Uh, someone makes a case for something, and uh, we'll just see if we agree or disagree. Um, Ed, this is quite an interesting one actually. Lamar Jackson is coming up to getting. Where he requires to get paid, and logically, you'd want to. Well, you've got a guy who's taken you to a couple of playoffs, he's your guy, and there shouldn't be anything, any argument about it. You pay him, but I feel like the way Lamar plays, it could be a bit, bit more of a debate than the other ones. Uh, so go on, make your case for I don't know what we're going to go. So make your case of whatever way you want to go with this. Yeah, I still don't know which way I'm going to go. So I'll just make <laughs> the case and make up. I don't know, but yeah, it's a bit of a head and a heart one because you're. Your head says, or your heart says to, to pay him and everything you've seen, and then your head's still got a bit of a reservation. But, yeah, I mean, it it looks like he's going to get a new contract within the next 10 days. So Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens, is saying John Harbaugh is coming out and, and, and bigging up his man. So it looks almost a certainty, um, as close to a certainty as you're probably going to get. It, it, it looks like it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. 
he's still got two years left on or technically if you have his fifth year option um but the Ravens like to pay early and, and they've been stung from the Joe Flacco Super Bowl winner MVP Ravens best quarterback ever allowed as well but they had to pay the man and uh, got to watch some absolute dribble for five plus years so they won't be doing that again you know I, I kind of sums of money you'll be looking at I guess it'll be similar to what we've already discussed like he's not going to be anywhere near Mahomes is 500 plus in 10 years it'll be It'll be along the lines of what Deshaun's got, um, maybe looking at 150s. Um, yeah, so a kind of estimation that I doubt they'll be wanting to tie themselves down to big long contracts. So your cap hits from what you're reading is, is looking at like 40 million a year, which is substantial. You know, that is that is a decent, a decent chunk of your cap. Um, so I guess you've got to kind of evaluate him. A little bit differently to, to everybody else. He, he's come off obviously one year after his MVP season. He's still had a decent year of 3,000 yards, just under actually 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, another thousand on on the on the ground, only only nine picks, and he came back from the you know, the Ravens looked kind of a little bit dead and gone at, at six and five, COVID issues rampant with injuries on the on the offensive line um wide receiver issues throughout the season uh, losing ronnie stanley probably the best if, or maybe the second best left tackle in the nfl obviously impacts your 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 line um so it's not been easy for him this year uh we lost marshall yander um you know hall of fame guard you lose these kind of gaps in the line and things are going to start getting pretty difficult for you and I think if you remove his performance against the Bills and, you you know, you take that in a bit of a, you know, the conditions were difficult and it wasn't wasn't easy for Allen and blah, blah, blah. You kind of remove that that pick six, which, you know, it was his first career red zone pick. And it just happens to come in that, that game and it happens to go over 101 yards. And, you know, people can look at that and say, oh, it's, it's Lamar. But like I said, if you can't snap the ball to your quarterback, <laughs> you're not winning a, a playoff game. <laughs> And if you're throwing the ball over his head consistently, and he, he, he made a play early in the game, they snapped the ball. Instead of getting a 25-yard loss, he was able to pick it up, run out of the pocket and throw it out of bounds. And, you know, it's just, I think there's been neglect on, on, on the offensive side of the, of the ball. And that kind of brings me to my to my main point about, about Lamar. I did have plenty of other things to go through, but I, I, I won't bother because we've, we've, been, we've been chatting for a while. All of his accolades over the first three years, fastest QB to 30 wins in 37 starts. And the Ravens were, they were, you know, with Flacco at the helm, as much as I love him, uh, RIP, Joey Cool, <laughs> he, we, we were going nowhere. He comes in, he brings us to the playoffs by himself uh, in his first season. Second season, MVP, 14 wins. Yeah, and, and they get derailed by the, um, by the Titans, who are on, on, you know, on good form at the time. And everything he's been able to achieve, you know, your main question is your head's still looking at what you're seeing and, and it doesn't really pass the eye test. You're thinking ah, running, sustainability, reliability, injuries, you know, unable to move the ball in the air effectively to a degree. I'd say he's been able to do it, but, you know, it's not it's not what you're accustomed to in the NFL. One of the most telling stats for me, and one of the main reasons I think you pay him, is he he he's different to other uh, other quarterbacks when it comes to 
using up salary cap. But at the moment, the Ravens have the cheapest offense in the NFL. Like we we, we, haven't, we haven't pay anybody. Everybody's come out of a similar draft class to, to Lamar Jackson. They're you know Willie Sneed type veterans. We don't have a marquee offensive player. We don't really we don't have a marquee offensive lineman. We paid Ronnie Stanley this season, um, so that hasn't taken effect yet. So he's he's almost created a buffer for himself. If he's been able to massively overachieve, which is what he's done with the points per game, seventh and points, I think that was his um, the differential. They they've overachieved and they've not paid. So if you pay him the money, he can still perform to a high level without the weapons necessary. He doesn't need to be given all of the weapons to make the playoffs. But you know you complement him with a centre who can snap the ball and a receiver who can catch the ball. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a different creature. You, know, you see what's happened with, with Allen and Diggs. And I think if you complemented him with one or two pieces, you don't need to surround him. You don't need to do what the, like the Bucks have done with Brady or what the, the Saints have tried to do and surrounding Breeze. And you don't need to give him all these luxury com- components because he can do it himself. You know, he, he rips one, off. One, yeah, one thing I would say, though, my, my only thing with this thing is about, about paying him is, uh, this is going to sound kind of retarded, but... Do you not think there's a a way of looking at him as more of a running back than and what, what one thing of paying him like the reason you don't pay running backs is they get injured very injury prone the way they play the style of position it is the way Lamar Jackson pay, plays he's literally one bad hit away from being pretty much useless right he's kind of like he's he's basically a smaller more agile Cam Newton I'd say. Whereas in the pocket, he's not that great. Like, let's be real. He's okay, but that is not his game. His game is what he can do with his legs, what he can do making people miss in the open field. If that aspect of his game goes, and you've paid... This, I don't know what the Ravens' contract's going to be, but if you pay this guy five, four, five, six years worth... I don't then, think they would do that. Well, that that's what I mean. That, yeah, but... Uh, so I, I mean, I go to I go to you, Fraz. Like, would that be a concern to you when paying someone like him? Like, you just see the way he plays. He's one mm. big hit away from being kind of useless. I mean, obviously, the injuries a running quarterback obviously is just going to be more not injury prone because that, that's totally dependent on the player. Yeah, he puts them in more situations to be injured. Let's say, but when you're talking about, I know that <laughs> I know the the. The age-old saying is, oh, he's, he's good for the running back. He can pass, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, who's who's the one player historically that he would get um, compared to? I think everyone would say Michael Vick, okay? That was the um, the, the kind of running quarterback that changed the league. Maybe it was probably 10, 15 years too early, right? So stats, went back, saw, <laughs> see what Michael Vick get paid, Okay. He got paid when he was 24, so a year older than Lamar. Uh, I tried to go for this third season, but he broke his leg in his third season, so it all got delayed a year later. He got paid 14.5 million uh, average. Okay, at the time that was um, that was a record at the time for a quarterback. That was higher than Peyton Manning was getting paid, right? For Michael Vick, <laughs> he was also given a 10-year deal, which three years down the line got ripped up <laughs> because he was in jail. Now, I don't want Lamar to obviously handle all of that. But obviously, I wouldn't be giving a 10-year deal to Lamar. But at the time, that was... So, the 14.5 million, that was 16% of the salary cap. Now, if you apply that to modern-day salary cap, that's 32 million. Now, that's obviously less than what... Well, obviously, it's less than what Mahomes is on. He's not on 45 million right now, but that's his average value. 
Uh, Deshaun is, I think he's at 38, 39. If, if, if Lamar gets paid 32 million, that places him at eighth highest quarterback right now. And you've got names like Kirk Cousins above him. Joel <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, Rodgers and Russ Wilson, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, considering what you're saying, Jazz, about you, can you pay him as a true quarterback value? Would I say 32 million? I think that's reasonable. Um, does Lamar think that's reasonable? Probably not. Um, also, turns out Lamar doesn't have an agent. Doesn't have an agent, yeah. By himself. <laughs> I so, I'm I sure he's got plenty of representation around him to help him, but... <laughs> I'm sure he's, got, he's probably got like a brother or something that's going to rock up and be his agent and <laughs> demand like a 20 mil signing bonus for his brother or some shit. A couple like of jet skis. <laughs> yeah, all in. Um... No, that is true. Uh, Salim, if you're the GM, would you pay Lamar and uh, for how long? Well, I mean, if you're looking at Lamar's point of view, you're definitely taking a guaranteed deal. Uh, you want guaranteed money because his play, his playing style, to be fair, he's been pretty durable so far. I mean, he's sort of worked on his his sliding. Uh, he's definitely avoided more hits as he's you know got older or more experienced. Uh, I, I think around I would pay him around sort of you know the sixth to ninth best quarterback range in terms of money per year. He's definitely worth more than Kirk. Uh, I think he brings more value to the team than Kirk Cousins, especially from that point of view. I don't think anyone's arguing that one. <laughs> well, but I, I mean, if you're looking, if 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 you're Lamar and you're you're negotiating and you see Kirk Cousins getting paid more than you, yeah, especially now in 20, 2021, like you know, Kirk got that deal from the Vikings, I think it was, what was it, three years, 90 million guaranteed. Uh, the first time round, that was a long time ago, obviously. And then you've got to account for inflation in the cap. Like, Lamar brings more. And like Ed said before, like, they're doing, the Ravens are really doing it on a shoestring budget, uh, especially offensively. Like, Hollywood Brown is really the only sort of explosive receiver. They obviously got Mark Andrews as tight end, who's pretty reliable. But Lamar is... I still feel like Lamar has got to learn a little bit more. Uh, he does just take off and run a bit too much for my liking still. Uh, he's, but obviously the Ravens have got to compliment him with weapons if they're going to pay him. So if you're the Ravens, I think you definitely don't take him any more than three or four years. Um, it's just too risky from a financial point of view. What's what's the Ed, what's the chat in like the Ravens forums and stuff? Obviously you're on them. Like, do you is there like a support for Lamar in a sense that they, they, they're behind him, they want him to be the guy or is this is it still quite torn, is it quite 50-50? Yeah, no, it's 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 like 100%, I don't think I've ever seen anybody, uh, maybe with his first season there was a bit of qualm, second season obviously MVP this season yeah, some difficulties but like, it's 100% support um, particularly in Baltimore, like having a black quarterback in Baltimore is quite a big deal um, so yeah, he's got a lot of support and he's a great guy as well. You know, he's I don't think he'll take a, a crippling salary to, to, you know, he's kind of got that Tom Brady vibe about him where I could see him taking a little bit less money. I think as yeah, I mean, the organization loves him. The fans love him. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect combination. I did see somebody post actually just going on our last topic about, you know, would you trade Deshaun Watson for him? And, and every single person said no, which I thought was criminal because absolutely you'd trade Deshaun Watson for him. <laughs> There's not a question in, in the world. You know, he's better. He's a better player and he's got a better prospect. But 
Uh, yeah, to, to me, Lamar just he doesn't he doesn't take big hits, so I don't I don't think he's particularly more susceptible to to injuries necessarily. You know, he's been injured once, and it's because you know a centre threw the ball over his head and he got slammed into the ground trying to pick it up. You know, it, but Patrick Mahomes got he got injured. You know, yeah, trying true. to on a keeper and and you know Sam Darnold got mono, so you know, it's, <laughs> anything's possible. So I don't think that should you, you can't you can't run a business on the, the idea that maybe he might. No, get that's injured. true. That is true. So uh, I, I think the, I think you, you're, you're right. I think he needs to be paid something like a four-year deal, um, a four or five-year deal maximum, uh, with a you know, ideally something around the five six. You know, a top-paid quarterback it seems about right. If you start paying him a bit more than that, it's going to get pretty difficult. But I think even if you do pay him, he'll still get you there. His value to the team is probably higher than a 90, well, almost all of the quarterbacks in the NFL to the Ravens. If we had other, if we had any other QB in that that offense, I think they'd be in big trouble because they've got no pass protecting O line. It's an all run O line, which is easy to find. They've got no receivers. It, I think you plug anybody in there, bar from maybe even Mahomes. I think even he would struggle to get the ball in Hollywood Brown's hands. So. <laughs> I think you've got the way we're trying to build as an organisation. If you gave up on Lamar now, you you have to rip it all up, start all again. You're, you're a few years down the line, and I just don't think it's it's the way to go. I think they will pay him, they should pay him, um, and hopefully it's not a crippler. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. And so right, we've got we we, we rattled through that one, so I'm happy with that, and we're kind of back on track of it. So we're on to this one, and this is quite an interesting one because he's obviously. Phil Rivers has just retired, um, and Hall of Fame chat always goes around with him because of the longevity, the numbers he's put up. Uh, so, Salim, you make—I don't know which way you're going either. So, make your case, whatever way, should or shouldn't Phil Rivers be in the Hall of Fame? Well, so my opinion actually fluctuated on this one quite a few times when I was, you know, thinking about it. My to predecessors, my initial. Um, position was that he was not a Hall of Fame quarterback um, and my position remains that. <laughs> uh, now I like Philip Rivers like you said just before like longevity he has played I think 17 seasons in the NFL and um, obviously 2004 draft with the controversy that that had with the Eli Banning and uh, not yeah. wanting to play with in San Diego um, but you've also got of course Big Ben was also in that draft so you had three quarterbacks two of which are 100% locks for the Hall of Fame. Whatever you think about Eli Manning, two rings, playing for the Giants, it's 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 a lock, really. And the same with Ben. He's also got two rings. He's got similar numbers to Rivers when you look at it. Rivers does have more numbers, to be fair, but Rivers has also been not as injured. Um, Rich is, you know, he's, he's shown toughness the whole time. But I think where it falls apart for Rivers is that he doesn't have... A great record in the postseason. He's always had some talent around him. Um, he's had Damian Tomlinson. He's had Antonio Gates, of course. Um, he's had recent, more recent times. He's had Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's been, you know, up and down in terms of injuries. But when you look at the the, the real stats, like his best season is 4,710 yards in in 2010. Now, that's Seems good, but the year before, Mark Schwab had 4,770 yards, and he isn't going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Norris James Winston, who's at the moment, he's definitely not on track for the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, and then you look at sort of the contemporaries around him that are still playing, like Matt Ryan. He's got a, a better touchdown to interception ratio. I think he's he's had an MVP season. Um, he's been to the Super Bowl, famously crumbled in the Super Bowl. But you remember the MVP season. You remember the I think, I think he had fifty more than fifty touchdowns that season. I don't actually have that stat. But his his pace in terms of touchdowns is more Matt Matt Stafford. Um, they both have sixty seven percent touchdown to interception ratio. Um, and I think if you start putting quarterbacks in just based on longevity, then where do we draw the line? Uh, as also other things I've considered as well is he's definitely not for me at least um, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then when you start to think about the quarterbacks who might start retiring in the years following, you've got Matt Ryan, you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got obviously Tom Brady. These are obviously quarterbacks who are well at least Rodgers and Brady are first ballot Hall of Famers. And I think it's difficult to argue that Rivers has ever been had an exceptional season which you remember um i personally can't remember one i think his best season in 2010 was the one with uh he just pipped uh, peyton manning by 10 yards but through the passing leader but he's never thrown more than 35 touchdowns in a season even matt stafford has thrown 40. like i don't think you can put a quarterback purely into the hall of fame and longevity alone Raz, what's your what's your take on this? Uh, obviously, uh, something's been a case for not him not being in the Hall of Fame. I always like to use stats. I don't know if I mentioned <laughs> that enough yet. Okay, but when it comes to longevity, that inevitably skews stats. Now, if you just look at the most simplest stat, would be QB wins. Okay, there's only 17 quarterbacks who have had over 100 wins in their career. Obviously, that's totally dependent on uh, how injury-prone they've been, how long they've been in the league. Nine of those 17 are in the Hall of Fame. The other eight, you could make a case for every single one. Well, majority of them are, are going to be in the Hall of Fame. You've got Brady, Breeze, Eli and Peyton Manning, uh, Rogers, uh, Big Ben. And the only two there, that are, um, the two additional ones, is Rivers and Matt Ryan. And those are the ones that I feel are on the bubble just because they haven't got a championship, they haven't got a Super Bowl, things like that. On um, Pro Football Reference as well, they've got their own, uh, it is made up, but it's a Hall of Fame monitor they have and they just attribute points based on like Pro Bowls and championships and MVP seasons and things like that. And it just so happens that the average score for all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks is literally half a point above the score that is attributed to Rivers. So he is literally the average Hall of Fame quarterback. So if you go by stats, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, I'm a bit gutted that Salim just made a point that I hoped I was going to break. Now, <laughs> the Hall of Fame, there's an issue. You obviously have, um, to be eligible for the Hall of Fame, you have to be retired for five years. It's very rare that, um, I think, uh, I think they're allowed, they've they've done like a self-imposed rule that they can only induct between four and eight players each year. It's very rare that you have more than one quarterback in a class, unless there's two outstanding ones. Now, like Salim says, this year you've potentially got Breeze retiring as well. Now, if you get in five years' time and they both get made eligible for the Hall of Fame, are you going to argue that Rivers has had a better career than Breeze? No. So, 
he's dumped out of that year, the next year, you could potentially have Brady retiring after next year. Are you going to argue that Rivers had a better career than Brady? No. And then after that, you've got all the other big quarterbacks to fall. You've got Big Ben, you've got Rodgers. Um, by that point, and he might just be forgotten. <laughs> I think that's his biggest risk. If it was just him literally in that class by himself, he could easily make it in the Hall of Fame just due to stats. Um, yeah. But if he's going to be put up against any of these other quarterbacks who are going to retire soon, like say this year, his his uh, if Breeze retires this year, which it looks like he will, um, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, um, he's going to be up against them. And I just you you see all these head-to-head matchups basically, and I don't see Rivers winning any of them. So I, I think he's got a risk of just being so- totally forgotten. One of the biggest things I've got, one of the biggest issues I've got with the Hall of Fame, and like me and Ed have talked about this quite a lot, just like off air. I think, I think Salim kind of alluded to it where you said that where do you draw the line? And I think it's kind of getting to the point when like average people are going to be getting into the Hall of Fame, which who don't deserve to be in it. So one of the things that comes to mind, obviously, is people saying Frank Gore. Frank Gore's never been an exceptional running back he's just there because he's just stuck it out for longer than everyone else and he's got numbers behind him um but the other one for me is i've always been of the assumption that it should be the best players in that position for a certain period of time was what who goes into the hall of fame and i know you mentioned big ben and eli and you said oh they'll be for me i don't think they deserve to go in i know they've won two rings fair enough but if you're telling me eli manning is was was Eli Manning ever was Eli Manning ever the best in his position at any point in his career? I don't think you could say he was ever one of the best in his position. Yeah, he won two rings because he had a phenomenal defense that carried him to, in my opinion, might be a, carried him to Super Bowl rings. Um, he never had to score more than what fifteen points to win a game in those playoff runs. Um, and for me, him and Roethlisberger don't deserve to go in because. They've been in an era where you've had Brady, Manning, Rogers, Breeze, and they've been the four elite quarterbacks that have kind of dominated this um, era of, of the NFL. I'd say since 2000, those four have been one of those four has been the best quarterback in the league. I'd say. Um, so, and I'd also put Russell Wilson. That people will probably say, "Oh, Russell Wilson will go into Hall of Fame." Would he? Like, has he ever been the guy in a year? Has he ever been the best quarterback or the top two? He had potential this year, but then he kind of fell massively off a cliff towards the end of the season. Um, so what do you, like, Ed, obviously we talked about before, what do you make of, like, that? Like, do you think, I think we all probably agree Phil Rivers shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but with the guys of, like, Eli and Roethlisberger, they're more debatable. In my opinion, they shouldn't be in it because I don't think they were ever the best in their position or even top three at any point in their career. Yeah, the Hall of Fame is difficult because it's not, you can't just base it on stats and you can't just base it on, it's, it's not It's not that selective and it's, it's, it's difficult to say, oh, you know, were you the best at your position, were you not, I don't know, I, I find it difficult. To me, a lot of it is, 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 is eye tests and people... You know, Eli Manning was a grotty quarterback for most of his career, but those two playoff runs are special. And, and you know, I think it was alluded to earlier, playing in New York for that kind of period of time, winning two Super Bowls, beating Tom as well. And the storylines behind it means he is in, he's going to be in, regardless of what, what whether he should or shouldn't be. 
So I think your point about Frank Gore is, is the most relevant. Like longevity shouldn't result in in the Hall of Fame because it doesn't, you know, Phil Rivers has actually been a little bit, in my opinion, a bit of a disappointment. He's all, always had the weapons, like what we said earlier. He's, he's had weapons around him. He's had decent teams and he's, he's, he's crumbled. It's like putting him in is, is, is like, oh, well, he tried, you know, he gave it. That's what I think he said that when he left the charges. Oh, I gave it everything I had. Well, unfortunately, Phil, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> and that's the sad truth. Like, he, gave, he gave it everything he had. I liked him, but it wasn't quite good enough. So it depends how selective you want to be. And and maybe statistically over, over the period of time, yeah, you could argue he should get in. But to me, to me, it's a no. I think, sorry, uh, sorry I'm going to jump in. Um, there you go. Sorry. Um, I've always seen kind of cheesy quotes saying, well, obviously we're saying you can't just base Hall of Fame on stats, you can't just base it on um, kind of, if we're a top and uh, a top player in the position. I always see this cheesy quote that you, they want you to walk through the Hall of Fame building and you're able to tell the story of the <laughs> NFL. Okay. Now, that's why I believe Eli will go in because you can't, yeah. you can't just bypass those years that they beat the Patriots, especially the year that they were unbeaten. Um, you have to talk about like the helmet catch, things like that. So uh, he was a key player in those storylines. He has to be in. Philip Rivers, the the biggest storyline he's been in was draft day before he even. <laughs> so and that was with Eli. So. It, are we, are we going to base it on the fact that he was oh, he was a wee bit tied to Eli Manning on draft days and Eli's in? So I, I kind of understand the storyline thing. They want it to be this nice thing that you can walk through this building and they'll talk about these big catches and big plays. But yeah, I kind of agree with the guys that Rivers hasn't had like one moment where you go, that's special. That's, that's, he deserves spin. It's just been longevity. I mean, yeah, you said that special. Pro- oh. Yeah, I was just special in it say that he, when he throws those uh, horrible picks to destroy it's, the season. Those bad breakers. <laughs> bad breaking picks. Yeah, maybe he can have he can have a side room in the Hall of Fame <laughs> like a bad bad technique. It's him and Sam Darnold just Let's not forget as well that the Chargers drafted Rivers to replace Drew Brees, and if Drew Brees retires this year, who had the better career? Like, obviously it's Drew Brees. So. Yeah. You know, like they're going direct. You know, they were up against each other, I guess, at the Chargers. Like the Chargers preferred Rivers. Breeze was out. That obviously worked out for Breeze. I don't think it, you could say it worked out for Rivers. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, what I would say is, would uh, I think they'll go in, not Rivers. I, I think Eli and Roethlisberger would go in. I'm moving it on to them because I think we all agree on Rivers. We all agree on Rivers. What do you guys, uh, Fraser and Salim, uh, do you guys think? I think they'll both go in. Do you think they should go in? Obviously, you made a case for Eli, but in your own opinion, Eli is a 500 quarterback, okay, in his career. Um, Roethlisberger, again, similar, not nothing. I, I don't know. He's had a he's had a couple of teams that have been incredible. He's had a defense that carried him to a champ, two championships. Would what would you guys think? So I'll go Salim first and Fraser because Fraser's still thinking. I can see the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I th- I think. I think Ben's in, but I, th- I do think it depends. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that does depend on when he retires because he could be going up against Brady. There is a, obviously a chance that Rodgers gets fed up at Green Bay and just decides to walk off into the sunset. Um, yeah, I think I think he does get in, but 
I mean, like, would you have him in? That's a different question. I think he'll go in as well, but would you have him in? We were playing in an era now where everyone passes the ball, and all Ben can do is pass the ball. But does he have any other skills? He's he's really he's getting to the point now where he's showing some you know 2019 2020 Drew Brees in that he is doesn't know which you know player is in his team, <laughs> uh, and he he has started. To, I mean, if the Steelers didn't have such a good defense this year, they've had they have four outstanding receivers. Like I think you they're up there with one of the best receiving cores in the league, um, and he wasn't able to take advantage of that. They they went 11-0, I think, but the schedule was pretty favourable, let's be honest. And their defence was playing lights out. They've got T.G. Watt, they've got Fitzpatrick. Like, they did help carry him. And I think that he needs to sort of retire now before, you know, it sort of falls off the peak. I don't think he can keep on rebuilding for one more season and one more season because it's, it's a steep... Once you fall off that cliff, it's a steep drop. Yeah. Yeah. One frag. Faz, go on, mate. I want to hear this. <laughs> someone, someone, is... someone join me on the Roethlisberger and Manning are not Hall of Famers. Come on. The tough thing <laughs> of all stream is the only basis you have is um, precedent, right? And we, yes, we're in a different era right now uh, in terms mm-hmm. of how the NFL was even 20 years ago. But if you look at some of, um, some of the numbers and some of the ability of the quarterbacks that are in there, I'm not going to say they're average. They're maybe above average. Like, are we are we saying like Kurt Warner? If he was playing now, would he be in that conversation? Probably <laughs> not. But he's in the Hall of Fame. Even if I'm looking at my bills, Jim Kelly, like he wasn't like ripping the league apart. He got to four Super Bowls and lost them all. So, <laughs> um, not bitter about that. But he's in there. Even like I don't know, like Terry Bradshaw. Like when you look at his number, he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, these guys are just accepted. Now, yes, now we're in a different era. You have plenty of guys that I think we could say are better than historical quarterbacks. We just have too many of them that you can't you can't put them all in. Now, I think that's what I was saying with Rivers. If you just if he was by himself, I think you would say, right, okay, he's Hall of Fame worthy in terms of what he's done, but in terms of assessing him with his competitors, that's the big issue and on that I would say he wouldn't get in but like I say about the storyline issues like Eli I can't join you Jazz because <laughs> like, the whole cheesy storyline he has to go in and Big Ben he's probably just done enough Um, yeah I think it's just tough because you're you can't look back in history for the Hall of Fame because it's just a totally different game and if you had some of those historical quarterbacks playing nowadays they would get absolutely ripped apart yeah, but that doesn't mean they're any less yeah. worthy of being in the Hall of Fame because um, yeah, it was a totally different system they were playing and things. Yeah, makes makes complete sense. And uh, as we've, we've been talking for a while, so I'm going to just wrap it up with the final point, Ed, to you. Um, is Joe Flacco a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. <laughs> okay, and yes. then that... <laughs> and uh, that's, yeah, uh, I couldn't wrap it up on a better <laughs> <laughs> Joey Cool is in the Hall of Fame. Can they make like is anything before a first ballot? Can they make like <laughs> pre ballots? Just sign him up before he's even retired. The thing is, I respect his playoff run way more than any of Eli Manning's. But anyway, um, 
Yeah. So anyway, boys, we're going to move. Uh, we've been chatting for almost an hour and a half. It's been uh, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you very much, Fraser and Celine, for joining us. And Ed, as always, with us. I think next week uh, we're actually going on to our first ever rugby union podcast. So Six Nations coming up. So that'll be good fun to join in for. And hopefully, I'll have one of the Edinburgh rugby boys on as well uh, to join us. So thanks everyone for listening, and that'll be the end of the podcast. Thank you.